So I want to explore the importance of encouragement in our lives. I'm so thankful to be back this morning amongst my own family. Those who have chosen to accept me with all my inadequacies, with all my illusions, with all the things that would make me human. And that's what God loves about us too. He loves the humanity that we have for one another. And in that, he encourages us through the word, through each other. And the gift of encouragement and the presence of it can offer us hope both in challenging circumstances of our lives, but it is also meant to inspire us to persevere through the things that we know God is leading us to. God wants to develop us into everything that he has called us to be. And without the gift of encouragement, we wouldn't be able to get through some things that are just a natural circumstance of life and of living here on this earth. So the language of encouragement can help us to adjust the lens through which we see, and it can also open us up to new ways of thinking. Because how many of you know, as human beings, we can allow sometimes what goes on in here to limit how we see the world around us and even how we see our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And through encouragement, God has given each of us an innate desire to belong and to contribute to others. And here we are as a faith community. We are instructed by God to move toward mutual encouragement. And I want to look at two sides of encouragement today. And I'm sure there are many other sides as well. But I'm just going to look at these two today. The first one is that we can be challenge-focused. The things that are troubling to us, 
the things circumstantially that seem to be in the way of what God wants to do and of where he is taking us. So number one, we can be challenge-focused. I want to talk about that. And number two, I believe encouragement also focuses on our potential. It is the place where we feel sometimes like we'll get caught in what has culturally been known as our comfort zone. How many have heard that term before? Probably mostly every one of us in this room. And it is true that if we don't allow God to encourage us out of the comfort zone, that we are not going to fulfill the entire plan of God that he has for each one of us. And guess what? It is much bigger than what we see right now. Far above those things. However, he doesn't take us beyond where we can confidently move in the direction of his call. He's not going to show us at all right away or else we are going to be discouraged. I want to look at 1 Thessalonians. And I've chosen a few scriptures throughout the book, four of them, to see what is happening here between Paul and the Thessalonican community. So from in one of my reference Bibles, it mentions that 1 Thessalonians is our earliest record of the life of Christian community. It stands from the other four books that precede it because unlike them, this letter does not major in theology. Rather, it reveals the gratitude, disappointment, and joy of a beloved missionary who can't stop thinking about the church that he left behind. And it also says, this is speaking of Paul, he praised their strengths, fussed over reports of their weakness, and continually thanked God for spiritual progress. I want you to know this morning that I see spiritual progress happening in this church. And what I mean by this church is I mean by everyone out here in this audience that I am looking upon, that God is progressing you in the plan that he has for you. Only sometimes... We plant the seed and we want to dig it up and see what it's doing before it's allowed to mature. Amen? So I want to read a few verses, and then when we get to the different sections, I'll have them put up on the screen. 
So these are verses in uh, chapter 1, 2, 3, and 5. It says, you became imitators of us in the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all believers. That is quite a compliment. That they became models to all believers in the surrounding areas. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God. We sent Timothy, who is our brother, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. You know quite well that we were destined for them. Isn't that something? He just said that we were destined for trials. That it's not something that has come our way that we're supposed to necessarily push to the side, but there is learning involved in trials that the Lord places in our lives. Live in peace, this is verse 5, chapter 5, verse 13. Live in peace with each other. And I urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always tries to be kind to each other and to everyone else. So notice, first of all, that there is an emotional tone in this letter that I can sense in this letter an intimacy and mutual understanding between Paul and the body. Now this letter was, says in the beginning of it that it was written by Paul, Silas, and Timothy. So they are working together with this congregation. There is a give and take of encouragement. So Paul is writing the word encouragement on purpose. He wants to get across the fact that encouragement is something that we need to give to one another, to share with one another, and also to receive from others as well. Because I can be a good encourager to people around me, but I may not be so great at receiving it from someone else. And it's just important that I'm able to receive it from a brother or a sister. Amen? And so I want to define this word encouragement first. It says in Oxford Dictionary that it is the action of giving someone support, confidence, or hope 
And the Wiktionary says it is to mentally support, to motivate, to give courage, hope, or spirit. And then Joel Wong from the Indiana University at Burlington says it this way. He says, I define encouragement as the expression through language or other symbolic representations to instill courage, perseverance, confidence, inspiration, or hope in a person within the context of addressing a challenging situation or realizing a potential. So encouragement is an act of interpersonal communication. And I'm here to tell you that these songs that we sing about the cross of Jesus, about the healing being here, when Jesus sat on, was nailed to the cross, the cross was both vertical and his arms were in a horizontal posture, reaching out to the world around him. And he wants to use us to reach out to the world around him. Paul knew that he could facilitate growth and change in a person's life through encouragement. And all of us parents know this to be true. That sometimes when our children are growing, they need our encouragement. That's all they need to help guide them through what they need to be doing for the Lord. They don't need to hear about what they're doing wrong. And neither does someone else. I mean, there is a place for critique. But in this instance, we're talking about encouraging others through difficult times and encouraging and spurring them on to become everything God has called us to be. So Joe Wong continues by saying, encouragement is often provided to individuals involving challenging situations, such as general life stress. If there's anyone here who does not experience general life stress, you're not being human. You're not being real. All of us experience stress on some level. And all of us need encouraged sometimes because there is mental and physical illness that occurs in life. All of our thoughts, well, I say about mental illness, mental wellness is the better way I like to put it, because all of us have certain patterns of thought that hit us at times when we don't need them to. Wouldn't it be convenient if they just hit us at the time that we were just... We were just hitting it. It was just going perfectly. 
And then we could deal with it, right? But no. It is when we're in the hot water that really we come out, isn't it? That really we know what's down on the inside of us. But then on the other hand, encouragement's needed during indecisiveness about life choices. How many of you have, to have had trouble making decisions sometimes? Or maybe not making a decision is a decision in itself, right? Or other activities that require substantial effort within our lives. So hopefully we can recognize that encouragement is an essential ingredient to a healthy life. And it's also important to understand how we can apply it to our lives. Because it isn't just about us receiving it from the Word of God. Yes, that is very, very important. But it's not everything. Because Jesus Christ decided that he was going to sacrifice his life so that we could encourage each other, that we would have the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us so that we can encourage each other through his sacrifice, through knowing what it's like to go through a stressful situation, through knowing what it's like to deal with an uncertainty or an illness of some sort. So 1 Thessalonians 3.2, which we've read, says, We sent Timothy, who is our brother, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. You know that we... We're destined for them. Pastor Travis mentioned last week that the struggle is real. There is an inevitability of struggle in our lives. But it is your choice, it is my choice, what we decide to do during that struggle. And I'm telling you that the love of God comes through other people. It doesn't just come by how much time we spend in Scripture or how much time we spend in prayer. There are people in this room right now who have encouraged me more than you know and more than maybe they even know. But particularly with people who, are, who have experienced a similar past to mine. And I really appreciate those brothers because they've been through a situation I've been through and we can just connect just like that. But then there's other people who I need the instruction of the Lord from and that's an encouragement too. And then we go on to 5.14 which says, and we urge you brothers and sisters... Warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. 
So to dishearten is absolutely the, the exact opposite of encouragement. It's to lose hope, enthusiasm, or courage, to lose spirit or morale. So you would say, we were disheartened by the news. Could be a personal job loss. Maybe an illness that you had that you weren't expecting. It is in those times that we need to reach out to each other. The Thessalonian church, for them, the persecution was from religious and political establishment. So Paul sends Timothy to this church to encourage them. And none of us are free. We can all think about moments that were tough, unreasonable. But hopefully we can remember at those times. There was someone who stood beside us through the issue. When we were singing these songs about freedom is here, and I believe it and I receive it, and that healing is here and I believe it, I'm talking about healing coming through the presence of a friend. Someone who will not give us a word that we don't need to hear at the time. But someone who is going to sit with us through the storm and is just going to say, I'm here. I hear what you have going on. How can I help you? And until we take the time to know someone else's story, why should they know ours? Until we take the time to know someone else's story, why should we expect them to trust us? It's about Mutual communication and about mutual encouragement. And I know that every one of us has it within us to either give it and to receive it. So I want to imagine encouragement as a gift. So at Christmas time, we give and receive gifts, right? So it's something that we want to express warm feelings and we want to connect with others who are dear to us. And it gives us the ability to look beyond ourselves and hopefully it's with the intention of pleasing the other person, of encouraging them in some way, of finding just that gift that is going to give them joy. That's what encouragement is about. I've had mentors over the years who have been encouragers. And they haven't 
even been necessarily in my denomination. I've had mentors who've been Baptist, United Church of Christ. The point is that we don't limit how God or who God is going to use to bring encouragement to you. Because he will do it however he wants to do. These mentors have instilled a confidence in me before I even knew I had it. Because they've been through the dilemma that I've been through on both sides. That they could speak encouragement into my life. And give me the encouragement to move forward in God's calling. And that's what it's about being potential focused. Is when people are with us to help us to point out things in us that we don't see in ourselves yet. And will encourage us. They'll give us hope. They'll give us comfort. Hebrews 3.13 says, But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So there are pitfalls to encouragement. Such as maybe being a spectator rather than an engaged participant. Allowing loneliness possibly to paint a picture of a deformed world around us. Fear of reaching out to people. Negative perceptions about other people. These things can keep us from the joy of both giving and receiving encouragement. And so I really want to encourage you to stay connected with other people. To reach out to other people. And to, you know, we made confessions this morning. And one of the songs that we sang talked about the shadows, talked about the things that the Lord gives light in. And sometimes there are things in our lives that sit in the shadows that need to be brought to the light through confessing it to a trusted brother or sister in the Lord. Because then we can deal with it. Because then we have accountability. And you know what? I've known from personal experience the times that I've gone through some things, things that I, I knew I should have told my wife about, but it took me a little longer than what I wanted it to for me to say it. And thank God for people like my wife, who is totally opposite than me. She's black and white about things. 
I'm much more loving, much more encouraged. Not that she's not loving. <laughs> I don't want you to. Oh, she's down there right now watching me. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that she doesn't mix words. And that's, she's the one that I need. I need someone who doesn't mix words about things, you know? And it's because of those things that I've been free of some things that have been in the shadows, things that I've dealt with that I thought, oh, man, I can handle this. I don't need anybody else. I can do this on my own. Do you know what? Our culture can get us thinking that way. Our culture can get us thinking that everything's about success. Everything is that we have an, a culture that has taught us to think independently, to act independently, to be strong in spite of anything else. And even sometimes we can let that get over into our spirituality and think that we have a power outside of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we can mix our own thinking with God's humility. He said, you can't do nothing without me. Has anyone ever thought they could do it by themselves? Yeah? And it's going to come again. This is why we need encouragement. This is why we need one another. Because... Other people can help to normalize our situation and let us realize that we're not the only one who's dealing with it, that I'm a lot like other men. I'm a lot like other human beings in the world. And guess what? I've found that that is the greatest gift that I can give to somebody else is my life experience, are my understanding of the problems and the trials and the fear that I've dealt with, with the discouragement that I've dealt with. I can be a resource to other people through my own, if you will, wound. The wounds that have happened in my past the things that I used to push off to the side, now I've begun to look at them and to realize this can be transferred to a gift to someone else. And I can receive the same thing from other people as well. The gift of your life. The gift of your experience, the gift of your understanding, struggle and trial and change. Thank God for people who are older than me, who have experienced life longer than I have, who know about the seasons, who know about the fact that in a lot of things we have to die to things to be resurrected in other ways. You see it in nature. 
You see it in all these other cycles of life. We should see it in ourselves as well. So Julie J. Exline, who is Ph.D., wrote this about encouragement. She said, What an amazing gift we can offer others through encouragement. When we encourage, it is though we actually infuse courage into another person. Encouragement can provide people with strength to look ahead, to move forward, and to reach the next goal. The whole emotional tone of a tough situation can be transformed through encouragement. So it can be both a lifeline during troubled times and a springboard toward a God-given goal. God can use each one of us to help each other through a difficult time or help each other realize our potential. Worship team, you can make your way up. At the end of this letter, Paul says this. In chapter 5, verse 13, he says, Live in peace with each other and urge those who are idle. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to everyone else. Has everyone found how easy it is to be kind to everyone else? You got it. You got the point, right? It is not easy to be nice to everyone else. It's not easy to be patient with myself, much less someone else. But it is is a command in scripture, but I like to refer to it more as an encouragement in scripture. Because we weren't made to follow Jewish law. We weren't made to follow someone else's religious tradition. We were made to function in grace. We were made to see beyond things that are negative. Years ago, when I was a chaplain in a hospital, I would go into a room and I'd have my paper that told me what the religious tradition was, told me the diagnosis. But that's all I knew. And that was on purpose. Because when I went in to visit whoever it was, 
I was not to prejudge in any way, nor are you. Jesus says that we're not supposed to judge. But I was simply supposed to go in there and offer my support to another human being despite their beliefs, their religious tradition, anything else, I was to go in and offer my support to help that person get through their hospital time and to help them to connect with their own faith. And what that took was the intentionality of giving myself over and being in the present moment. I had to be purposeful about listening to the other person, to hearing their story, to knowing what was bothering them or how I could be of help to them. And what I'm telling you is in this message, I'm talking about encouragement through knowing someone else's story, through being able to be a resource because you know someone else's story. Not to try to find out prophetically, hear me, what, hear what I'm saying to you. Not to think that we know about them before we really do. And there is so much joy and so much pleasure in that because everyone has a story that God has given to them. And for them to open up to us and share that story, that is gold. And in a, in a, in a sense, for me, there should be a confidence in that. There should be a confidentiality in that so that the person knows that I'm not going to spur it at the mouth to somebody else about what their issue is, but that I can just hold that experience in my heart and let God change me through that experience. Amen? So I just want to leave you with one question today. And this is from the challenge-focused encouragement. I just want each of us here to ask God to make us aware of a behavior that is going on in us. And most of the time, these things are unconscious and we don't realize that we're doing them. But sometimes they can be habit patterns that are just have just been. That we would ask God to make us aware of a behavior that would limit us from being an encourager to someone else. And I'm not saying, I'm not going to call people up here for prayer right now. I'm not going to call people up here and ask them for their confession of what that is. I want you to go and purposefully talk to the Lord about it. This is between you and God 
And this is something that may is a process. That's why I'm saying just one behavior. Because I can guarantee you, because you are human, because you sin, because you have potentially addictive tendencies like I do, there are more than one behavior. But the encouragers around us overlook some things. Because sometimes we can't help anybody until they see it themselves. We can't help anybody until they see it themselves. So sometimes the best thing that we can do is just love, encourage, be patient, and just in spite of how we feel sometimes, just be the presence of Jesus. You have a song, right? Okay. I'm going to pray. And Marianne, do you have something after that too? Okay. So Heavenly Father, I just ask that you encourage each of us here in this room today. That you allow us to give ourselves over to what you want to do. Give us ears to see, hear, eyes to see, and hearts to be receptive to what you want to do in us and what you want to do in each other. May you receive all the glory and the praise in Jesus' name.